Hi everyone, this is Raven and Campbell from Musicals, and we'd Hello. like to talk to you today about a nonprofit music education group that we are partnering with. Yep, we'd like to talk to you about Education Through Music. They partner with under-resourced schools to provide music as a core subject for all children. And they utilize music education as a catalyst to improve academic achievement, motivation for school, and self-confidence. Exactly. So they work with 52 different partner schools throughout New York City, um, and they work with them to institute sustainable music education programs by hiring qualified teachers, matching them with the school, and really equipping the teachers with the tools to succeed and be able to provide quality music education to all of the students attending that institution. So we think, you know, from this podcast, we think it's incredibly important to provide music education to all children, um, that everyone should have access to it to help, you know, really instill those lifelong passions that have been so influential for Campbell and I. So we believe that supporting this organization is the way you can support our podcast. Yep. And you can do so by going to give.etmonline.org slash boozicals. Again, that's give.etmonline.org slash boozicals. And yeah, you can really uh, help these kids if that's what you're into. Support the youths. Shut up. That's, don't, don't, don't patronize me. Okay. Uh, I don't need you Enjoy that episode. I'm done with this. <laughs> This is Raven. And I'm Campbell. And you are listening to Boozicals again, which is the musical way... Or, fuck. Keep going. You know what? It's fine. Just keep uh, No, no, no. We're not restarting. We're that. We're going to keep no, this in. Keep on. It. Yes, we are. Yeah. Uh, no, just keep going. Okay. Uh, you're listening fuck to Boozicals... We'll do it live. I hate you. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry for interrupting. Keep going. Um, we haven't drank yet. <laughs> true. Um, you're listening to Boozicals, which is the podcast where we get drunk, where we talk about musicals. And this episode is a very special episode because we have our first guest. Celeste, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Celeste. I'm a friend of the podcast for a very long time, even though this podcast is new, but of the people. Indeed, because we're awesome yeah. people, and we have awesome friends. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably your coolest friend, but that's fine. Oh, damn. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know what? I love I love the confidence. It's great. That's one of the reasons we yeah, like you. That, that's where we start. We need to start high, and then we'll get you into know. being mean to each other. Yeah, um, indeed. So welcome, Celeste. Hey, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you guys started a podcast. I mean, I yeah. like that all of my friends are starting podcasts. Because, I mean, it's just more to listen to. Also, I just love podcasts, so. They are pretty great. Yeah. But, yeah. That's awesome. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Okay. Super excited to have you. So, let's get into it. Um, So, let's start off with what has everyone been listening to for this week? Celeste, we'll start with you since you are our guest. Oh, shit. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, low-key I'm not because I'm always listening to something, but... Okay, for some reason yesterday, I have a few, but for some reason yesterday, I started listening again to Tevin Campbell, Can We Talk? I, like, just a great, amazing song. Mm -hmm. Shout out to the music industry for blackballing him because (laughs) y'all suck. But, you know, like, uh, just a beautiful voice, like... I just, uh, such a good song, and it 
brings back all the memories. So yeah. Okay. So. Nice. Campbell, what about you? Yeah. I this week I've been listening to mostly podcasts, but I did realize because near the end of the week I had this realization. I was like, oh, I should probably listen to something. And I had to like do a lot of work, so I just put a bunch of Lord of the Rings soundtrack music Ooh, in the background while that's I worked music. all day, and it really helped. So yeah, that's pretty really much good. it. Yeah. yeah, that's dope. What about you? Um, so this week I have actually been listening to a lot of like classic rock, like a lot of my guilty pleasures. So like a lot of stuff from like the '60s through the '80s. So like. Mm-hmm. Billy Joel, Ario Speedwagon, Elton John, like a lot of like Jesse's Girl, Hall and Oates, like all of that type of music. Yeah. Um, and it's the type of music that's like, I don't listen to it super frequently, but like once I listen like one song, it's just that's all I'm going to be listening to for like at least a few days. So yeah. I have like a whole like Guilty Pleasures playlist that I put together. Um, that's just, it's really been getting me through the past week of work. So that's been nice. Aww. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, so for this week, we have selected one of my favorite musicals, which is Chicago. And the drink that we chose to go along with that, yes, thank you, Campbell, for applauding me because I deserve it. Um, <laughs> the drink that we chose to go along with it is called the South Side. And basically, this drink was popularized in the 1920s by like Al Capone and his crew, um, and actually, like, was popularized in like the south side of Chicago for which it's named. So it really is like perfectly suited to this musical because you have the whole like 1920s vibe and then the whole like criminal side of it that if you've seen Chicago, obviously is a big, it's the entire movie. So really think this drink perfectly matches this musical and it is so like dangerously good. I love it and wow. gonna be drinking a lot of it, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um my bitch ass is just drinking wine. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> hey, you know what? All alcohol is good. I mean it serves the purpose. <laughs> that's not true. Fireball exists, Raven. I actually know um, like fireball, fireball is so good. Fireball is what? so good. Thank you, Celeste. I did I did not think this would be a controversial opinion. <laughs> no, fireball, fireball is, is delicious. Good. The, the problem the problem that people have with fireball is that they go too crazy or they drink like a whole bottle in one night yeah. and then they get super sick and hungover and then they hate fireball fireball if you drink it right it's delicious i don't like cinnamon in alcohol mm. sounds like you're living your life wrong exactly interesting so let's talk about the history let's move on <laughs> okay. that's rude and i feel like i'm gonna be ganged up a lot <laughs> in this podcast episode uh, that's probably a fair assumption yeah, yeah. let's much. get into it. So, the Chicago musical, it's uh, based off of the 1926 play um, written by Maureen Dallas Watkins, who was a reporter assigned to cover um, two 1924 trials, murderesses Beulah Annan and Belva Gartner, who are pretty based off of Roxy Hart and Velma Kelly. So, Belva Gartner was a jazz singer in Chicago. We don't know if she was well-known or not, but she was actually a jazz singer in Chicago. And the reason she was sent to jail, it was not for killing her sister and husband um, because they were having an affair, which happened with Velma Kelly, but because she like killed her lover with a gun in his own car. And then Roxy Hart matches with Beulah Annan's character more closely, and she was accused of killing her lover in the bedroom of her home. Um, didn't go into full detail as to why she shot him, but it was... M- most likely because he lied to her about helping her became a famous jazz singer. Very much like Roxy Hart. 
she changed her story multiple times throughout the trial, first beginning with how they both reached for the gun and ending with uh, the reason they both reached for the gun was because he just found out she was pregnant and he didn't want to keep the baby. So they didn't meet each other until they were both put on murderess's row in Cook County Jail. So the same title, murderess's row, as in the musical. Um, and this was an actual cell block in the women's section of the jail that housed Chicago's most notorious killers. They were rumored to have set up their own beauty shop in their jail cell. And they would help other murderesses awaiting trial pick out their outfits to wear and teach them how to do their hair and makeup for the day of their trials. All the trials did take place in the Chicago City Courthouse. Um, and they both uh, got off scot-free. Yeah, I thought it was interesting how closely at least the story of roxy hart actually did like how similar it was to beulah annan um mm -hmm. and that whole thing i i thought it was really interesting that it was actually based on real women that lived in chicago yeah um yeah so like let's get into the actual plot so the opening oh, this is for the 2002 film adaptation not yes the 1975 uh broadway correct uh, yeah so show. this is for the film adaptation with starring Catherine zeta jones and renee zellweger um, which I think is just the casting for this movie is amazing, and we're gonna get into that later. It's incredible. It's yeah. incredible, yeah. Agreed. So we open up with the club scene, um, which starts with like the overture and then goes into all that jazz. And I really like, I mean, obviously, the movie is set in the 1920s when the original story is set, but I like that opening with the club scene immediately gives you that like flapper vibe. Um, so it just like kind of like immediately sets the tone for the entire story. Yeah. Which... And then like the subtle details we see in the beginning where, I mean, the beginning of the movie starts off with the murder. Yeah. But we subtly see more and more finding more information from Velma Kelly. For example, when she's in the alley, like going into the club, she rips off her sister's name on one of the posters. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And she's like, it's one woman show tonight. Well, technically we don't start off with the murder it's just we, more we are, show we're more but we're like learning to, about yeah. like what's yeah we're about what's about to happen yeah 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 yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and as we see her getting ready we see her like washing like the blood off her hands and mm -hmm. stuff like that yeah which is a reference to future part of the movie yeah to the yes. best scene in the movie that we will get to later yes <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah so then um as she's performing all that jazz we see we kind of cut back and forth between like Roxy with Fred um, and then get into the scene where Roxy kills Fred. And here's my issue with this scene. So like they start off kind of introducing Roxy. She's always introduced as kind of like an innocent sort of character. Like she seems like a very nice girl who just like has big dreams of being a star and it very quickly becomes obvious like she is a terrible person. Um, <laughs> namely because she... So, like, when she's talking about how the one dude was, like, cheating on his wife or whatever, and he was like, oh, if I ever found out that Amos was slipping it to someone else, like, I don't know what I'd do. Like, I'd throw, like, a big, like, going away party, yeah. blah, blah, And I think it's like you were literally in bed with another man. Like, yeah. you were saying this as you were actively sleeping with another man. So, like, yeah. maybe, maybe think... tone it down the hypocrisy a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And for, like, what were you saying, Celeste? Oh, I think it just, like, hints to... Roxy's actual personality I mean the first like two three minutes when especially when they're doing all that jazz there's like this juxtaposition of who Roxy is and who Velma is and they're kind of like they're flashing back and forth between like you know Catherine Zeta-Zone doing her number and then Roxy like 
with Fred. And I think it's kind of the song is telling the story, telling Roxy's story in that moment. And mm-hmm. in the, that first scene, when you first meet Roxy, she has that innocent look on her face. She has, she's like, her eyes are big and she's watching Velma mm-hmm. like do her song and stuff like that. And so you get that like appearance of like, oh, like she is innocent. And then I think the movie starts to like subtly be like, oh, they insert, like you're talking about, they insert that, oh, like, she says that one thing about Amos and, like, you know, Amos cheating and stuff like that. And, like, I feel like it's, it's with everything going on, it's easy to, to like, forget that part. Mm-hmm. And just be like, oh, she's, like, still innocent. Like, she's still, like, yeah. you know, um, she's still, even though she said that, it's kind of like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Like, you, I feel like, I don't know, for me, I just felt like, you could easily forget that part because of what they set the stage for like two, three minutes before. Yeah, especially because she's like still painted as the victim because it's very clear to the audience what kind of man uh, Fred Casey is. Yes. It was like, oh, she's obviously being used. Like she's, you know, 100%, you know, choosing to do that and like how she talks about Amos and stuff. But it's... In the beginning of the movie, she's definitely framed as the victim. Yeah, and then, like, as as the movie goes on, you kind of see, like, her ambition come out a little more and more. And it mm-hmm. becomes obvious, like, oh, no, she was not being used. Like, yes, she was deceived at some point, but yeah. this is still a woman who's willing to do pretty much anything to get to the top and get to where she wants. Yeah, yeah she killed a man to get to the top, so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> she found out that Fred Casey did not have a friend at the club. Nope. Um, and he's pretty much done with her and she in a crime of passion shoots him a bunch of times and as we're as we're going through that and as we're seeing the fallout of that scene we get into the song funny honey Uh, which yeah i think is a really great song um because again it starts to show you a little it starts to juxtapose that innocent just kind of like wifey image with oh no she crazy and she's not a good person yeah Um, yeah and i think this is a good time to talk about a major device the movie uses Mm -hmm. um tay diggs plays the band leader yes so a lot of these musical numbers he introduces them and they are pretty much played on a stage like it was a burlesque show like a jazz show Mm mm-hmm going the same time like as the plot which is a really cool thing to do yeah and i think it's such a great way to do a film adaptation of a stage musical um because all of the pieces were designed and choreographed and composed to be that sort of like vaudeville-esque burlesque-esque like type of show and to still capture that in a film setting is like really speaks to the directing and the Mm-hmm. Um, cinematography. Yeah. And I do have to mention, just quickly, um, when I hear Tay Diggs, I always think two things. One, that one Scrubs quote where uh, JD tells Turk that he his body's fierce like Tay Diggs. Mm-hmm. But also the 30 Rock quote where Jack Donaghy is talking about Tay Diggs and he's like, yeah, he'd be at the top of my list along with Michael Jordan and Denzel Washington. And then he's like, wait a second. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like we have to mention 30 Rock every episode because I think for the most part we've had 
So uh, that's, that's fair. Interesting. Yeah. Naturally. Yeah. But and this was like the first thing when I saw Tay Diggs, I was, I just thought about Jack Donaghy. Yeah. So that's yeah. fair. Okay. Um. Yeah. So at the end of the scene with Funny Honey, um, we see Roxy gets arrested for the mur- for Fred's murder, and then she is taken to Cook County Jail, where yeah. we are introduced to Queen Latifah, who plays um, M- Mama Morton. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. But a fun cameo while she's, uh, Roxy's like waiting for Mama, Mama Morton to like come out. We see um, her name, the character's name is Nikki, and she's kind of assumed to be a prostitute mm-hmm. um, that, sit, that sits next to Rocky. Um, that's actually Cheetah Rivera, who oh. originally on Broadway played Velma Kelly. Oh, that's really cool. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, yeah, so that was a fun cameo that they had in the movie. Aw, that's cool. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. dope. I will say, kind of backtracking like a tiny bit to Go like the it. end we of that last time. scene. Yeah, um, <laughs> I felt like the assistant DA just had a thing for locking up women. Like he was just so oh, gung-ho 100%. about locking up women. And I was just like, bruh, chill. Like everyone's <laughs> yeah, killing everyone in the 1920s. Like what? You you don't have enough murders? Like I just Like the don't... 1920s in Chicago. Yeah. When you but got it's Al also Capone. Like right? what the hell? Yeah. So Queen Latifah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so this uh audience which will be raven myself maybe celeste if she wants to listen to this episode the next hour will probably just be talking about queen latifah so heads up <laughs> yeah the back and forth of queen latifah is like oh i got you like I- i'm here for you to like i don't give a shit about you like back and forth yeah you don't want to miss mess with this character absolutely yeah. not and just her her uh uh primary song when you're good to mama i think is so great as a number because one it shows her like um they use that scene to show her relationship with the prisoners and how she very obviously does some not so moral things um and like really goes for like the whole tit for tat uh sort of like favor for favor um the key word in that song being reciprocity reciprocity Reciprocity. yes yes thank you i can't speak yeah, it's fine. But also her performance <laughs> of "When You're Good to Mama" is just truly an amazing, like, just stage performance. Such yeah. great lyrics. So yeah. good. Yeah. Like uh, a lyric I just wrote down, um, like uh, "Stroke together like the Princeton crew." That's funny. Yeah. That's a, that's a good line. Crushed it. And then again, um, we see when she's performing that song, very much burlesque show type thing. Tay Diggs introduces her, but. The difference between this one and Funny Honey, Funny Honey was more so just like accompaniment pianist in Roxy, pretty much to no audience. It's more just kind of in her mind. It's more so in her mind. Mm -hmm. And for Queen Latifah's character, it is to an audience. She is giving, she's like giving things and taking things directly from the audience, which I think just furthers the point where... She's all about favors. Like, you'll work out fine if you're useful. For yes. Her. Yeah. Yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like with all of... I know we're going to get more into Roxy's songs, but I feel like a lot... Like, you hit on something. A lot of Roxy's songs are in her head. Mm-hmm. And I think it shows to a lot of, like, who she is 
really like to the core, which is someone who really wants something grander than what she actually thinks she is. Because yes. a lot of her yes. music, all of her songs pretty much are in her head. Like even Roxy is in her head. Nowadays is in her head until she has someone to bring her out of it. And yeah. she's like searching for something like Queen Latifah's character, something more grand than like what she actually is. Like Queen Latifah's character is grand. She knows what she wants. She is tit for tat. And she tells you that in mm-hmm. the song. Whereas Roxy is very much the stark opposite of that. And yeah, I don't know. Just made me think about yeah. that. I, I think that's a really, really good analysis of um, the kind of like visualization of yeah. everything. Yeah. And then um, and then we, we get some more uh, kind of color to the times uh, when uh, we see Velma Kelly kind of talking to Mama with Roxy behind her, talking about how she was in an editorial in the Red Book magazine, and they say, as fiendish and horrible as Al Capone. Yes. Which is pretty big. So that, that's for the time words. absolutely yeah because he didn't go to jail till like 1931 and this would have been like 1925 1926 or something mm-hmm. like that yeah um so like in his prime before he got caught on tax evasion yep not the saint valentine's day massacre or <laughs> any other horrible organized crime nope okay so then we get into not even arguably, just the best scene of the film. It so is. It, I do think it's like the best scene, but it is not my favorite song. You know what? Honestly, yeah, it's probably like my second or third favorite song of the entire. It's my second song. favorite song. Yeah, okay. talk about Cell Block Tango. Um, yeah, if you couldn't figure that out, but and then yeah. yeah, so we Roxy's in her cell, and then we hear the water dripping, the guards' footsteps, um, and then. Tay Diggs introduces the six merry murderesses. So we have Pop, Six, Squish, Uh Uh-Uh, Cicero, Lipschitz. Yeah. And um, as as we kind of get into the introduction of the song, I really like the use of... So this is a technique that's called um, like found object or sometimes like music concrete, which is basically like where you take a bunch of just like normal sounds like the sound like the water dripping the sound like the guards footsteps the sound of the nails clicking against like the metal and everything and like make that into a rhythm and make it into music um i really love that musical technique and i think especially in a scene or like a song like this it really helps like not only set the scene but really just like makes the song I, I, i really think it can just elevate um pretty much almost any song to just a higher a higher like standard i think this is what make differentiates this movie musical and from other movie musicals that i don't like because the like transitions what? are solid <laughs> i already Call mentioned this terrible it's not terrible but i don't like it i already which talked, one we meant it mentioned it rent oh rent yeah i've never seen rent no me either i don't like it I honestly only I think I told Campbell this already, but I honestly watched it for Tay Diggs and Idina Menzel and could not get through it. And I've watched Damn. the B movie twice, so <laughs> I think. <laughs> Damn. Okay, Raven, face your drink. We're, we're making another one before we get into Soul Block Tango. Damn, oh my that's God. a. 
But then okay, again. Okay, drink number two. Thanks for initiating that, Celeste. <laughs> okay. Wow. Cheers. Drink number two. Cheers. Cheers. So let's get into it. Yes. Sublock Tango. Okay, okay, so. I have my actor notes at the ready. So I just want to say off the bat, um, so I love the way they have like all these women explaining um, like why they were accused of killing their lovers, like what they did, what their motivation was. Well, not only accused, how they did it. They're they're admitting they killed them. (laughs) Yeah, they were 100% admitting to these murders. However, Pop and Squish were not justified. Like they don't deserve to be in this song. Because the whole point of the song is, if you had been there, if you had seen it, I bet you you would have done the same. Pop, I agree with Pop. Pop killed man for chewing gum too loud. Yes. Squish. Stop. Okay. No. 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 That's Here, disgusting. Okay, okay. Here's my thing. So okay, I can understand. I can understand being annoyed. But here's my thing with Squish. She killed him. He like she cheated on him. He no, found no, she, out. She, she was accused of cheating on him. That's fair. But she never said she slept with the milkman. That's fair. I will give her that. But it just seems a bit extreme to stab a man 10 times just saying, hey, did you sleep with the milkman? Because she was tired of that man asking. Yeah. Why are you it asking the same question like, and the it, answer yeah. is the same? Yeah, it wasn't. She, he didn't ask. Let's go through them in order. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and then we'll talk about how you're wrong. Uh, okay. Wow. Cool. Let's start off with Pop. Loving this. Raven's wrong. Number one. So Liz is the character, and she is played by Susan Misner, who uh, is a dancer, actress. So yeah, Celeste, would you like to talk about how the chewing gum was justified? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I would shoot someone if they were popping their gum to that. I also okay. I also feel like <laughs> these are like last resort like this like was the, the last the straw, straw that broke the camel's back yeah haha <laughs> camel this was like the the break point for all these women so yeah. i mean yes this is technically the reason why they murdered their significant others but i also feel like they were already shit and this was just on top of it so yeah, yeah. that's fair I, mean, I guess it's just a like all the other ones I can totally understand and relate to, but that one is always just like, really? For me, really? it was more <laughs> so like these women murder their significant others, husbands, whatever. And then instinctively, I was like, they're probably justified. Fair enough. Yeah. So, which leads me to the question, why do you hate women, Raven? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyway. Six. <laughs> Six. I, oh my gosh. Okay, so first of all, the dancer, the actress for Six, beautiful dancer. Denise Fay, who was a choreographer for Chicago and won an award for choreography for Burlesque. Which is amazing. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's uh, Annie, Denise Fay, um, who's that character in the movie. Yeah. yeah. I love Six's part because I just love the whole, like, you know, some guys just can't hold their arsenic. And it's just like, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. And then she pulls the scarf, the red scarf out of, out of the mouth. his mouth, out of the yeah. mouth. So like yeah. the red scarves are being used like blood, murder. Yes. I did it. Which I, I really, I really like the, the visual of that. Um, mm-hmm. 
especially because the whole scene is kind of just like it's um, a tango. very dark colors. Yeah, yeah. and it's and I, okay, so I really like so I know we still got to go to the rest of them, but I really like specifically the use of the tango for this scene, like for this song, because the tango is a dance that's very often associated with passion and fire and like mm-hmm. all that stuff, mm-hmm. and all of these murders are crimes of passion. Um, and I really like, well, okay, let's, let's continue going through because the point I'm going to make will come up in a second. Okay. Raven's wrong. Point number two, we're at Squish. (laughs) I just feel like he didn't deserve that. I feel like they uh, could have had a dull conversation. uh, Goodwin, who's had a lot of success on Broadway, um, in Rocky Horror Picture Show, um, and other musicals, but she was also in the Born Legacy and Across the Universe. Oh, okay. Yeah, she still still think she was justified. Still feel so like so the that actress, um, and all a lot of these actresses are like that. But the dancing and like you truly know a dancer when you see one when they mm-hmm. just understand their body and like their like limbs. I guess yes. is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> they like control and like the emotion she evokes specifically for squish yeah phenomenal yeah oh yes i mean her delivery is perfect i mean in the it's like one of my favorite it's like literally my favorite one out of this entire song like it's just spot on is key she's like he ran into my knife 10 times and I'm just like, yeah. and you know yeah, what? That's right. I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. I don't know just, why you're in here. Yeah. Like I, this was clearly he just ran accident. into it and I get it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I do love that. And then we get into, uh-uh. Uh-uh. Oh, the one yes. I don't Catalyst. want to be in ever. Who, this just character, so sad. um, is, is a great metaphor for how you know this country handles and treats immigrants especially yes in the penal system um Mm. how so she's like explaining what she's doing first off the actress is uh a a russian like a very famous russian ballerina and then the translation for what she's saying like during this song is what am i doing here they say my famous lover held down my husband while I chopped his off his head, but it's not true. I am innocent. I don't know why Uncle Sam says I did it. I tried to explain at the police station, but they don't understand me. Aww, is the that translation makes it even so much? Sadder. Yeah, I probably could have went my entire life without knowing what the translation was, <laughs> but um, damn. Yeah. <laughs> but this this does bring me to my point is that um, so again like the tango very commonly associated with passion and all that. Um, but one, the actress is the ballerina, but also the dance she's doing during the song is not a tango. Mm-hmm. Um, at least not like a class one, like the way the other uh, characters are doing. Like hers is more like a ballet. Um, Do you think this means maybe that's like shedding light to maybe she's innocent? Because she's not dancing the same as the other women. Yeah. She also I, because I the other so women has. said they did it. Yeah. But she's like, like I yeah. didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, I think, um, ballet, uh, very different from the tango. Ballet is much more frequently associated with like grace and poise and like, not necessarily like innocence, but like class and like beauty, I guess, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I think 
I, I, I really think not only that it was intentional, but I love how intentionally it was done and how it was shown, like how different she is and how her story is from the rest of the characters and how she's always like sort of set apart. Like you're always aware of her character there, um, but her kind of story throughout the movie is its own entire thing yeah. that really could almost be analyzed completely separately. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. And then we're at Cicero which is Velma Kelly, and it's Cicero because the gig she had after um, killing her sister and her lover was in Cicero, Illinois. I thought it was because they were at the Hotel Cicero. Yeah. When she Hotels, them. They were also in Cicero, Illinois. Oh, I got it. The Hotel okay. Cicero is in Cicero, Illinois. Gotcha. Um, yeah, one of the things I liked that I didn't, I actually realized this was the first time I'd ever noticed it, this time I watched it uh, when Velma is explaining uh, like their act and like how she would travel on with her sister and Charlie and everything. And the like Charlie and Veronica characters like come up next to her. Charlie actually grabs Veronica's like hip and then she like holds his hand like right before Velma like says like, Oh yes, I caught them together. You know what I mean? I just thought that was yeah. like a really cool, like little I guess like li- just a little like dance move or whatever. Yeah. 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 I do. I did also notice um, watching back that um, that scene that you're talking about, Raven, that's also the act that she's talking about is all that jazz. So that's oh, like, yeah. if you look back to all that jazz when she's doing um, the dance moves, I'm pretty sure... Yes. It's the same dance as all that jazz, especially when it's the three of them. I don't know about the whole spread eagle part. I don't, I don't remember that part in all that jazz. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like that's I noticed that as well. And I was like, okay, so we're constantly like kind of going back to what we already saw in like the first part of the movie. And also when yeah. she talks about like washing the blood off her hand, she also did that in the beginning of the movie as well when she's yes. at the club. So, because yeah. she's like, when she like goes to like hide the gun and stuff like that. So, yeah, that one was like very, that one was very interesting because it was like, oh, a refresh of like what we had already saw. In but the we do find out that when she was questioned by it, she said, she told the cops that she like blacked out. She had like amnesia. Yeah. So she, there was like a plausible deniability or whatever yeah. with her actions which we didn't see before. So we're at Lipschitz. So the character Mona. Played by Maya. Played by yes. Maya. Uh, oh I love Maya. my God. I understand. I like, I realized she was the last one to close it out. Yeah. 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 So she killed her artist husband um, for sleeping with like Rosemary. I forget the other name. I'm just going to say Karen. Ruth, Rosemary, uh, <laughs> Gladys, and Irving. And Irving. Yeah. Um, so she kills him. Yeah. And yeah. Good for, good for her. I, I yeah. love the line. Um, I guess you could say we broke so, up because of artistic differences. He saw himself as alive and I saw him dead. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kill it. Get it, girl. <laughs> oh man yeah i think and then i i love how after her part especially um it goes into more like the grand stage number with all the dancers and then the women at the back and like the cages and everything i just think like there's a reason that this is 
one of the most well-known, recognizable songs and scenes from this movie, um, just because it's such a well-put-together scene and like choreographed on such a grand scale um, that to pull it off and pull it off that well, um, I, I, I think they just did an amazing job. So now we're at the end of the song and we see them like doing laundry and stuff like that. Roxy gets an idea, like sees really the status Velma Kelly has in the prison. Mm-hmm. And she's has decided she wants to get on a good side and wants to get something for herself. She, she kind of spies on Velma and Mama. Yeah, I will say this is the probably most of the dialogue in this movie. Yeah. To be totally honest. <laughs> like, you don't... I mean, which is funny because you don't feel that way for most of this movie. You don't feel like this is only actual dialogue because the music is so good but yeah Yeah. i it's interesting but yeah it's interesting to see how Velma kelly is treated in the prison and it is very i will say i think i thought always and i think always from the beginning yes roxy wanted a piece of that but she really did want velma to help her yeah, she did. Get a piece think, of that, yeah. like, genuinely. She I mean, she, yeah, she looked up to her, but then when she was slighted by Velma, was, then it was like, bitch, it's on. Yeah. Yeah, which was so great. It was like, let me give you a piece of advice. Keep your paws off my underwear. Yeah. And then, like, she walks away, and then Roxy is like, thanks. And then she's like, the SpongeBob meme, for nothing. For nothing. <laughs> And it said like that, like, way to go, Bridget Jones. Like, you tell her. She already walked away. Also, Renee Zellweger, do you know what my favorite role of hers is? Is it um, Angie from Shark's Tale? It is! Because <laughs> that is also my favorite role of hers. She's Angie, Angie from, from Shark Tale. She's like the female the, the pink of fish, Will, yeah. Will Smith's character. Yeah, that's Renee Zellweger. What?! Yeah, yes. uh, well, they put her face on a fish. Yeah. It's it's very obvious. She's like, <laughs> I know that's a fish mouth, but it's like the Renee Zellweger, like, smirk. Okay. Um, so back to Chicago. <laughs> so, yeah, so we see um, Roxy gets slighted by Velma, and yeah. then Mama kind of swoops in, and she's like, hey, you know, I'll help you, you know, tit for tat, favor for a favor. Um and she tells her about like Billy Flynn, about hey, like no. your situation. I love I love how she's like, Oh, so like what are you gonna tell the jury? Like, what are you gonna tell the press? And she's like, Oh, I was just gonna tell the, tell truth. the truth. And she's just like, Girl, what? You cannot <laughs> And like she's like and she's like worried and she thinks she's gonna get hanged or something. And uh mama's like, the odds of that happening are forty seven to one. That's never happened to four before and it so that's like 98 percent and then it was like 96 to 1 in like 2018 america dying of an opioid overdose wow just for like context yeah that's crazy so on that light note (laughs) yeah i don't know how to transition Uh, out of that yeah sorry Uh, we won't let's just let's just talk just moving on we're gonna just talk about addiction how it plagues us all um so now this is an audio medium so you can't see celeste's face but there's a lot of <laughs> eye rolls and it's a lot of like wide eyes like 
I'm gonna let you talk what you got to talk, like dig your own hole kind of thing. Now she's nodding. Are you gonna comment ripping. all of my facial expressions? <laughs> that could be a, that could just be turning entire, into narrating. <laughs> yeah, specifically shark talk. Like it's a shark tail Celeste reaction reaction to that kind of podcast. Mm, I like it. Let's just dump the musical thing entirely. I think so. I'm already on another podcast. I think I'm good. <laughs> Damn. um okay yeah so um when she's talking to mama mama talks about billy flynn Mm -hmm. who is richard gear richard gear who is the lawyer who will um who will be representing her um and so then we go into the song all i care about uh which just kind of introduces this character i love this song i really love the scene a lot more than i like remembered yeah, because um, I didn't really remember this song that much when I when I went to rewatch it, um, but I I like I really like Richard Gere in this role. I think he did a fantastic job mm-hmm. of really really playing up the corrupt like all I care about is money. I can do, I'll do anything to get my client off. You know, literally. What I mean? Yeah, I will say I do like the haunting start of this song. Oh yeah, oh, it's yes. very like desperate and very and they're still like they're still behind the bars so they're like in the are you gonna mix your drink in the microphone i'm gonna again? do it away from the microphone this time i don't think he knows where his microphone is where you want to drink number three i i shook my budweiser glass at you multiple times when was this don't you don't have to chug it raven i have time to make my drink away from the microphone <laughs> take your time it's fine but yeah, continue, Celeste. Yeah, I do like the beginning of this song. It's very desperate. It's very haunting. And, like, the scene as well of them, like, just, like, clinging onto the bar, the jail bars. And it's just, like, it shows, like, how much... I mean, they say we want Billy. So yeah, it shows <laughs> how much they want Billy. And um, Then they start changing into their, like, burlesque costumes and stuff like that. And it's really interesting and funny to see the words he's singing and his actions played out in what he's, like, actually doing. So he's talking about, he all he cares about is love and this, but, like, he does care about money and he does care about the finer things in life. Like, even, like, when they're showing, like, the car he's getting into and stuff like that. And when he's, like, getting out of the court um, courthouse or whatever. Or they, like, do they show his office in this scene? But, um. Yeah, not, while no. he's getting dressed in yeah, the suit. Yeah, like, when he's, by, like. Like, five yeah. people. <laughs> and, like, just, like, all of these things. And it's very different from what he's actually saying. It's also funny to me because. I listen to the soundtrack a lot and I don't watch Mm -hmm. the movie in the sound. Like I don't watch the movie as much as I listen to the soundtrack. So sometimes I forget what's actually happening in the movie. So then when I was watching it back, I was like, LOL. Like every time I hear this song, I'm like, Oh, all he cares about is love. And I'm just like, yeah, that sounds great. (laughs) And then I'm watching the movie. I'm like, he don't care about no damn love. Like This is exactly opposite of that. Yeah. So I was like, wow, that's really funny. But yeah, I, I really like this song. Because, yeah. yeah, it because it like goes into, um, he's like, he's a lawyer, but more than that, he's an actor. He's a performer. Mm-hmm. Yes. So he literally says into, at some point, like, it's just showbiz. Yeah. yeah the, it's the, 
juxtaposition between lawyer reality and actor what I want you to Mm -hmm. see. Yes. I think at one point he's like rolling over the like, you know, cell block girls. Yes. In the choir, which I think could be equated to he's literally walking over them. He's like, all Mm -hmm. I care about is love. I'll help you out. Yeah. But if you don't have that, uh, was it? $5,000. Go fuck yourself. You're dead to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I think this, this song really starts to set the stage and show you how good he Mm -hmm. is at completely separating his, his words from his actions. Like the, 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 the words. And and again, like I actually think it's great. Like, yeah. Like when you listen to the song by itself, you do think like, Oh, like that's so great. Like he's such a great character. Like blah, blah, blah. And it's because like, he's so convincing whenever he tells you anything, like, um, especially once we get into, we both reach for the gun. Like it really just shows how, convincing and conniving he is and how good he is at just shaping your perspective yeah. with yeah. with what he yeah. says yeah um and so then after after we uh get introduced to billy flynn then we see roxy um trying to talk to him and say like hey i would really like you to represent me blah blah, blah. um and that's when billy says the whole like oh hey you're gonna need all this money yeah, um, after she gave Mama $100 to make the phone call. Just to make the phone call, yes. Which, like, you know what? Good yeah, for her. Yeah, some thieving yeah. assholes. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so then we see, after we see Roxy talk to him um, and find out, like, oh, hey, like, I don't really have the money to deal with this. Um, then we go into Billy's office in, this, in the scene after that, and we see Amos come in. And this scene makes good me old good old Andy. a little sad <laughs> and a little Andrew. angry. Arnold, he's doing great. Hey, Arnold. Every name in the book except yeah. Amos. Um, but it really makes me sad and a little angry at the same time. I'm just like, Amos, why are you helping this woman? Like, why, like, why are you willing to cough up? Granted, he doesn't have because all dollars, he but- cares about is love, Raven. But it's just like this whole movie really makes me so sad for <laughs> Amos. Like, like so dumb. Amos and Catalan deserve their own movie where they have a happily ever like everyone. No, nobody will see that. Does it get one for reasons that we will talk about later? But they just deserve their own story with their own happy ending. Like I just feel so sad for both of them in this entire movie. I don't. Yeah. Amos is a sap. Like, okay. <laughs> Amos... He's a simp. Yeah, he's a simp. Like, oh he just... Gosh. He... The girl... Take a hint. Lied to you. And you were like, fuck that bitch. And then you went back to her. Whose fault is that? You're an adult. clear With a conscience, clearly. Yeah, Amos is a simp. And he's like, all I have is $2,000. And I borrowed a lot of money from people. And Billy's like, oh, but that's not 5000 You told me 5000 Go away, leave. Mm-hmm. I don't care about you. And then before he leaves, he like puts his hand on the cash and was like, "But I'll do it for you," in classic salesman fashion. Yeah. Um, so then is when they like start planning Roxy's image. Yes, and I think this is a really good like one. This is why people hate lawyers. Um, just everything about about like like how he's like crafting this story. And well, specifically, why people hate certain defense attorneys, mm-hmm. just because like you know, you one hundred percent know your client is guilty, and you're gonna craft this whole thing 
to make them seem like innocent and it's just the victim. Very better call Saul. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And but I, I I really think this is sort of like not necessarily the first time the, the movie kinda hints at this, but um a lot of this is kinda like a starts the commentary on like the corruption of the justice system uh that we see throughout the movie and how like it really doesn't matter what you did or whether you were innocent or guilty. All that matters is how much money you have, who you are, and how the public sees you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it's all that, entertainment mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. Which is something that Billy takes full, full advantage of. Yeah. He's like a producer more than a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's a manager. Yeah. He's a manager. Yeah. Yes. That's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a part where he's like talking to Roxy... When he's actually, I think after, like, he takes Amos's money or whatever, and he's talking to Roxy, and he's pretty much like, people have to care about you. Like, people don't care about, yeah. like, the truth or care about mm-hmm. any of these other things. People, for you to win and to get off with a jury, you, people have to care about you. You have to be sensational. People have to connect to you for you to get what you want out of this. Yes. I thought that was super interesting, yeah. And I really love, just as a slight aside, I really love when, uh, when Roxy comes down from the stairs, like, she has, like, she's, like, dyed her hair and, like, has Mm -hmm. the new dress on and everything, and Billy completely just leaves Velma. I love when she sits down, the way Roxy, like, just bats her eyes at Velma, like, this girl is at peak She was like, I hope you weren't bored. (laughs) Yeah. She is, she is in full form peak pettiness and i'm here for yeah. it because <laughs> this is definitely the part where she's just like you know i wanted your help i looked up to you mm-hmm. but now you can fuck off yeah you know yeah and then it's like right before um i guess when they set the court date press hearing whatever it is and velma's like oh i'll give you some advice now um uh, she was like billy flynn's number one client is billy flynn don't yeah. let him take the spotlight you deserve. So she, one, understands wholeheartedly what Roxy is about. Two, knows the best way to take her down. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, you a snake. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we get into the press conference where we see, one, how Billy is really like manipulating the press and getting them... Just getting them to believe and to write and make the public believe whatever he wants. Um, yeah, the song, We Both Reach for the Gun, this is my favorite song in the musical. That's fair. I will, Okay, yeah. I, I, I understand that. I respect that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and it's very, like, it's a ventriloquism act. Mm-hmm. Like, Roxy yeah. is her puppet, and it's so well done. Yeah. Not just Roxy. Literally, everyone is his puppet. The, the entire, Every, yeah, the everyone. Entire, the press, everyone's yeah. like, uh, yeah, he's the puppeteer. It's very in sync. Bye, bye, bye. Yeah. Um, yeah. True. <laughs> but I, I really, I really like the visualization. Of this. And then, like, it's such a clever and well done scene with like having Roxy be the the dummy, you know. So he's like literally speaking through her, but then all the press and the the journalists and reporters are marionettes mm-hmm. who's like he is literally pulling the strings of the entire yeah. Chicago media. Yeah. I question for you two. So Anytime. we have Mary Sunshine, which is like the lead reporter for mm-hmm. whatever press, Christine Berinsky, 
who oh, is... I love her. She's also in Mamma Mia. He, he, he's... Yeah. She got, like, two yes. Tony Awards for, uh, like, Best Featured Actress in a play on, like, multiple things. Um, she was in, like, so many sitcoms for years. Um, and, like, drama series. Fantastic actor. The line she says when Roxy, like, is first, like, you know, spewing her bullshit. She was like, I can't believe what you've been through. And I don't know. There was two ways I took this. One, it was like, oh, this is total lie. I can't believe what you've been through. Or was it, as a reporter, very, like, not in cahoots with, like, the corruption. Mm -hmm. But it was like, I can't believe what you've been through. As in, I'm not buying what you're selling because I need to sell what you're selling. Oh. So I originally took it the first way. Of mm -hmm. like, I don't believe your story. Like this yeah. isn't this isn't adding up. But I, I do like the possibility of the second interpretation. That it could be because, like because Hey, this isn't enough that I need to be successful. What else yes. you got? And because the movie makes it very clear that Billy has an established relationship with her. Yes. yes. So I I do think I like I do think the movie supports that interpretation of like she's very much aware of what's going on. You know, she's very much like like, maybe, yes, he does have the ability to, like, manipulate her a little bit and stuff like that, but the wool isn't completely over her eyes. Like, she understands, like, okay, this is the way of the world, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. it's not till, like, when finally, um, he's, like, said before, like, it's understandable, it's understandable, um, but the final time, that was, like, uh, stay away from jazz and liquor, which is horrible advice. That's how I live my life, is jazz oh and liquor. Gosh. I think it's um, pretty spot on advice. I think so. <laughs> yeah, there's, like, stay away from jazz and liquor and men who's just out for fun. That's literally yeah. your life. Yeah, that did not need to be said. <laughs> <And> <laughs> but after that, it was very... Then she joins in, like, understandable. understandable and then she says the words with Richard Greer, and I almost said Dennis Quaid, <laughs> so defensible. So yes. it wasn't like, this is the truth. It was like, this it's... is how you're spinning it, I understand. Yeah. From a media point of view, I don't care about the truth. I care about selling and entertainment, yeah. and that's what the people want. Yeah. And I also, like, I, I literally wrote in my notes, like, this is also sort of a commentary on how... When, not only easily manipulated the presses because the rest of the press like okay so also with this i think one of the things that supports that theory and that analysis is the fact that of the press like of all the reporters she is attached to strings but she's the only one that's still like a real person like all the other ones are portrayed as dolls like as marionettes and, like they look yeah. more like dummies but yeah. she lo looks very much like herself mm -hmm. she just kind of has strings attached to she her. doesn't move around like a marionette until she's like flying around until she agrees with him. So it's like, mm -hmm. oh, yes. I'm with you now. I see what you see in this story. Mm -hmm. Yes. Let's play it up. And I, I think it's very interesting how this is kind of a way of showing like, yeah, like just because something is news doesn't mean it's true. Like yeah. just because it's printed in a newspaper, just because it seems to have a reputable source, doesn't necessarily mean it's true. Like the media and the press, not only are they easily manipulated, but they are very capable of manipulating the, the public. Which really shows how far we've come. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Because Lord knows the, that has changed. The joke is yeah. that we haven't. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's the bit. Yeah. We're terrible. It's June oh, 6, 2020. Society. Read it's about great. it. <laughs> everything's everything's wonderful. So this okay. is like almost a hundred years later. Yeah. Look, uh, yeah. 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 Oh, wow. Oh, this is bad. Okay. <laughs> We're just going to move on. Society hasn't changed. You know what? Just uh, listeners, don't listen to the movie. Jazz and liquor, that's how you should live your life. Indeed. It's how we're living our life right now. So yeah, Who's we? I'm not a part of this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, we the people. And then I go into the preamble. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. We're moving So on. now the press conference <laughs> went well. And we see the news headline spinning newspaper. Roxy Rock Chicago. She, like, uh, women are getting her own hairdo. There's dolls of her. They're, like, literally selling her stuff. Yes. So then we go into her cell. Which is very like how Vel, uh, Velma Kelly's work was. Yes. Full of flowers, full of like yeah. all, yeah. And then Mama comes in and is like, what do you think about afterwards? Trying to get like a piece of that. Mm-hmm. And then we see uh, uh, Cataline is the one bringing towels to her, is talking to her. So again, yes. another scene of her being dismissed completely. Yeah. Because she's not story, understood. Yeah, and her story just not being told. And she's... She's still trying to get not in on like Roxy and Velma's whole thing, but get to she's Billy. innocent. She's like, I didn't do this. Like, help yeah. me. Like, I'm. I and, hear me. And we see her earlier trying to get Billy's attention and trying to get him to take her because you know Billy has his whole reputation. Like, he's never yeah. lost a case for a female client. And she's like, Well, then take mine because I deserve to win because I didn't do it. Like, yeah. I'm completely innocent. And. Yeah, throughout the movie, like, including this scene, she's just constantly dismissed and constantly just, like, pushed to the back and really kind of takes the fall for a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. Then we get into the song, Roxy. Huh. Which is so good. In in one big world full of no, sweet, like, safe, sweet Amos never says no. Yeah. I also really liked the part where, um... And this is again like how the the movie uh, and the the lyrics of the songs constantly have like little quips that kind of like open your eyes to what life was like and what like what the what the view of society was uh, at this time. And there's a part where she says, um, basically like they love me and I love them. Uh, like referring to her audience, to people like yeah. like her fans and stuff like that, um, and we and she says and we love each other, and that's because none of us got enough love in our childhoods, and, and that's that showbiz. showbiz. Yeah. And I was just like, God damn, like okay, <laughs> like talk about a social commentary. Yeah, talk about like legit deep seated issues in a lot of people. Like yes. true like childhood trauma and. Just, like, casually putting it out there and then just being, like, eh. Like, and, like, no one, yeah. like, a lot of people and don't that's why we that. are who we are. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I've, yeah, I I like, I love that song for, honestly, solely for that part. Because it just, it speaks volumes to a lot of things that, like, I feel like a lot of people yeah. don't actually truly understand that, like. And confront. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Who wants to confront their childhood traumas? anyway no one yeah exactly myself included i thought the lyrics of this song were also very good she was like who says murder's not enough and she was like at least like trying to frame herself 
as an artist outside of jail. Yeah. She was like, who can say they, uh, like, at least I started with a bang. Yeah. So she's still, yeah. like, making light of, like, murdering someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, in the beginning. And, but that's just, like, yeah. Yeah, in the beginning of this song, it's it's kind of, like, more of a stand-up. It feels like a stand-up. Like, she's in her one-woman yeah. show, and she's, like, you know, she's talking about Amos and talking about, like, the murder trial and stuff like that. Especially with all the mirrors. Yeah. And, like, yeah. And so it's very, I mean, it's very much a show of, like, in her head of, like, who she is and who she wants to be and and yeah things like that there's a lot of that's a great sign she has in her head though yeah the roxy with the heart over the eye that's dope as fuck (laughs) one of the things i really like so a lot of these um we've talked about how like a lot of the musical acts or all the musical acts are shown as like sort of stage performances like vaudeville burlesque type performances um and the ones like roxy's performances are shown like almost more of like images like fantasies in her mind and yeah. i love that whenever they do that like everything outside of uh like everything's like black yeah and then and there's no it's audience like, yes there's no audience like like she's talking as if she as speaking to an audience like performing to an audience but there is no actual like sound or visualization of an audience there which um tells me there's no reality to it mm-hmm. yet that she she doesn't yes. believe in it yet yeah yes and it's not maybe even necessarily attainable you know um and all the focus obviously is on her being like being that her fantasy like she's the star of the show um but i love i don't even know how they achieve this kind of like look but i love how it really looks like a like dream in your mind and this is like there's no background there's no environment there's no context to it it's just these images that you're just like this is what it would be like. Like, this is what my life would be like. Mm-hmm. This is, like, what type of show I would have and everything. And I think it's so interesting to see how Roxy is building up this whole fantasy of herself and her future in her mind. And that's what keeps, like, pushing her to be like, I will do anything to get there. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. because, like, she is so drawn in to these fantasies. And they're so, like, by it. Yeah. Yes, and, like, the, the showmanship of the performance, like, is amazing. Like it, it is, is very it's a well great done. show. Like know? later on, Velma Kelly is like, "Oh, you are talented." Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I I really like the the Roxy scene. I think it really again speaks a lot to the type of person that Roxy is, and truly how she is willing to do anything and step on anybody to get where yeah. she wants yeah. to be. I did write down that like Roxy reminds me a lot of like diamonds our girl's best friend or whatever that song is and it just reminds me a lot of like this very solo sultry vibe yeah very idyllic of like this is what i want this to be so yeah yeah and then we get to a point where velma kelly is just like i'm sick of this and like goes to mama's like can you believe the attention she's getting and then bitch yeah, exactly. And then Mama like has the Roxy haircut. Yes. <laughs> Which looks very it good. It looks great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it looks great uh, yeah. And uh she was like, Oh, by the mama's like, by the way, your tour has been canceled. Um and she was like, Oh, should I sh- am I supposed to like suck up to her like everyone else is? And she was like, Yeah, it wouldn't hurt and she was like, Over my dead body immediately cut to Mind if I join you? Yeah. <laughs> 
Which, like, you can, during this entire scene, and again, this just speaks to Catherine Zeta-Jones' acting, but during this entire scene, you can see Velma swallowing her pride with yeah. every, like, with every, like, sarcastic or sardonic remark that, uh, that Roxy makes. You can see her just be like, mm, I need you. I need to be here because yeah. I can't, like, literally, like the song says, I can't do it alone. Yeah. Like, I, like, here's yeah. some caramels. And she was like, I'm trying to watch my figure, yeah. fat ass. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, the song, I can't do it alone. And then Tay Diggs introduces it. This is my favorite introduction to a song <laughs> in an act of desperation is which how is he like, introduces the song yeah. which, which is what it is, it is. and it, it, yeah. it's very obvious that it is yeah. and like just like the phrasing an act of desperation like yeah. act as in like play and like you know i it's just it was perfect yeah yeah i do also think like i think velma is very burned by being in a partnership because her sister like mm-hmm. totally true ruin um like a relationship that she had and she's vulnerable even though like she's you know talking a big talk and stuff like that this quote-unquote murdered two people yes yeah (laughs) (laughs) in this quote-unquote act of desperation she's starting to realize that you know i do need someone to help me even though i kind of don't want help because i have been betrayed and so Yeah, I think it's interesting for her to kind of have to grovel for things that she wants. And it also, her and Roxy, Velma and Roxy are very much alike because they are powerhouses. They want what they want. They are, they have their egos. And for one of them to have to really grovel to get... It takes a lot. Yeah, it takes a lot. And I feel like Velma does it very well. Like, she is well-deserving of, well, not the groveling, but of, like, you know, just, like, needing... <laughs> She's smart. Yeah. She's like, this is how I get to what I want. Yeah. This is yeah. what I have to do, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And this song in particular, I Can't Do It Alone, when she's, like, do, she's doing a double act, two-person act, by herself. Yeah. Yes. You see the desperation in it. And then at first, Roxy's, like, not about it. And she was like, oh, but let me show you the second act. And then you can see Roxy's restraint not being impressed. Yeah. 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 She was like, oh, no, this is great. This is something I should be a part of. But she was like, oh, no, very much in her head. Yeah. She's Roxy. She's the talk of the town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She doesn't need her. Yeah, it's that ego. And then, yeah, and then it, like, it really does a, a great job of illustrating, like, the tides turn very quickly, which like even like and and I when I we really see Lucy how, Lou, <laughs> yes, and and I like how like it goes into that because one just like in showbiz like yeah like if you don't stay relevant you're going to get forgotten and yeah. um in this uh, in some cases literally cutthroat um business it's it's the same way like the second someone else gets a little more relevance or a little more name dropping than you do like you you need to come up with something real quick yeah and i love how like it immediately cuts to roxy being like oh i'm gonna be fine like i'm great everyone loves me and everyone i'm the talk of the town yeah. too oh now now there's this new heiress a triple murderess. homicide heiress and yeah. Bill is like, oh, I'm paid off. Forget $5,000. Yeah. Yeah. Forget this. Like, the she's an mother heiress. She owns she'll, all she'll the pineapples in Hawaii. Yeah. Which, like, I mean, during this time, people would literally pay money to rent 
pineapples. Oh yeah, to show on such display. a luxury. Did not yeah, know that. Yeah, that was the okay. pineapples. Yeah, pineapples they were, so, were so That's yeah. why she was so rich. Wow. Lucy Liu's character. Also, how great is Lucy? Liu? I mean, amazing. I also forgot that she played that character same. when I saw her. I was just like, okay. Yeah. Oh, she's so great. <laughs> and oh, then man. Roxy, honestly, while I hated her for it, in a it was so smart. in a display of incredible cleverness. It's just like for the first time. <laughs> kind of the first time, yes. It's just like, oh, I like pretends to faint. And then, like, it's just like, oh, I just hope that the fall didn't hurt the baby. And it's just I love like, Queen Latifah's reaction to it. She was like, baby, what's this white nonsense? <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, this conniving ass, like, that's so clever. Like, I hate you for it, but that's so clever and so yeah. smart. And Catherine even, Zane Jones is literally like, shit, shit. that's yeah, like, smart like, like it's like why both, didn't i think of that yeah it's both like damn it because i sh- like she has the attention now but it's also respect yeah yes it's like man yeah. she's doing what it takes yeah and then again i get very upset and just sad because amos oh, mr cellophane comes out and it's just like, dude, how do you even believe the story? Like, you have seen who she is at this point. You, like, how, one, how do you even believe her? How well, do you even also, want she to? Can, like, the doctor is like, she is pregnant. Oh, and, yeah, And, like, Billy was like, open up, like, pull up your fly. Like, she, like, Yeah, yeah. He was like, him. yeah, he was like, like would you say that on the stand? And he was like, yeah, he was like, okay, next time. Yeah, of course. Zip up your like, pants. Okay, cool. <laughs> or something yeah. like that. And, and, and. Roxy is very obviously redressing in the background. She's in control of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think, like, Billy has respect for, for sure. Like, especially for her to, like, do everything that she was doing. Yeah. I think he regains that respect. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get into John C. Riley's Mr. Cellophane. And it's, like, literally the memes when it's, like, you know, putting on the clown makeup. Putting on the clown makeup. Yeah. In, like, a toxic relationship kind of meme. But it makes me sad because, like, every time in the movie that you think, like, okay, he gets it now. He sees who she is. He's not going to take this, like, this crap from her anymore. And it's just like, but then you keep going back to her. Like, you keep believing this. And it's just like, dude, Mr. Cellophane just makes me so sad. Oh, Mr. Cellophane is probably, like, my favorite song out of the entire movie. Like, I do think Amos is still a sim. right through me walk right by me and never know my name yeah 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 I... and like he's just an honest like hard-working man trying to do like right by the woman he thinks he loves <sighs> that's what makes him a simp like because <laughs> 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 he just like when you're yeah. hurt and all you know is hurt that's comfortable so that, yes. for Amos, yeah. even though he knows that Roxy hurts him and Billy and everyone else, he's Mr. Cellophane. Like he knows that like people don't see him and don't care about his feelings or anything like that. That's all he knows clearly. And yeah. so yeah. And he, he recognizes it makes him a clown. Yeah. But I mean, yes. that's all he knows. But he's so going to do it he, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Who else is he going to be? 
that's who he is. And like in it, don't get oh. me, it sucks. Yeah, but I mean. And then we get into uh, Billy playing this situation to his advantage. Like pretty much tells Amos that like the kid's not yours. And then she was like, I'll divorce her. And Billy's like, you should. So he can use that in court to make yes. her seem more um, vulnerable. Yeah. I like more as a victim. And then we see Roxy getting too big for her britches. Ooh, yeah. Standing up, Billy, and she's like, you're 10 minutes late. Never let that happen again. And then she was yeah. like, by the end of the conversation, she's like, you're fired. And he's like, well, I quit. But then. You can't quit after someone fire then, you. That's not how that works. <laughs> but then, then the saddest part of the movie. we see Catelyn. Yeah. And it just, oh, my heart went out for her. She was tried so hard to prove her innocence and no one would listen to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think also, like, I think it's also very telling, like, not just that she is an immigrant, but specifically that she is Eastern European. Because during this time in, like, American history, oh, true. Eastern, Eastern Europeans were one of the highest persecuted groups and, like, highest, like, hated groups in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's she like, like I, I think yeah. it was... She was Hungarian. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I like I think it's very intentional that she is like not just an immigrant but specifically like Hungarian Eastern European. Yeah. Cuz I think I think at this time in American history um the pretty much the only like immigrant groups hated as much um as like Hungarians like would have been would be like the Polish who were also Eastern European and then like yeah. the Irish who just have never fared well in American history. So Yeah. Yeah. And then it's so she's the first woman in Illinois to be executed. And then yeah. Tay Diggs says, Ladies and gentlemen, for your entertainment. Yes. Damn. And they have her execution. Yeah. Which, like, one I think is insane because throughout human history and like civilization, executions have almost always been like publicized public and yeah. entertaining. And it's just like, what is wrong That's with those species for one? <laughs> um, but also, it's just like, I think it's like so telling that she is the only innocent one and the only one who actually dies for her accused for her alleged crimes yeah 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 and then she's in her um ballerina like wear yeah yeah walking up the ladders it's an event mm-hmm. yeah it's the her vanishing act yeah yeah again emphasizing it's, it's- that no one cares about her this is what the people want to see because it's news and it's mm-hmm. entertainment. And it's that's exciting. a story. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. I mean, which is also disgusting. Yeah, it is. Also, slight tangent. We do have, I mean, talk, going down back to um, execution and hanging and stuff like that and how like we've been doing that for millennia and God knows why. But also like murder has, I mean, like we're talking about in this movie, like murder and killing and how people kill people and things like that has always been like a topic. The hot gossip. Yeah, in like an interest of human society. Because yeah. I mean, God forbid how many crime shows we have and I do oh, watch yeah. some of them. <laughs> and yeah. like the true crime Big podcast fan of and like, yeah, and just like. Criminal Minds. Yeah, and just like all of these like things, bones. Bones is extremely gory. Like oh, I never yes. saw bones. Uh, you would like. But bones. I think as a race, we have always been like entertained by it and interested in, it, and we've never 
we're obsessed with it, honestly. Yeah. 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 So then we get to, um, after the execution, Roxy, like, begs Billy to come back. And she's like, whatever you say, Billy, um, I'll do whatever you say. Like, I understand. Like, she understands the reality of the situation. Yeah. It's not a 47 and 1 odds anymore. Yeah. I do. It's, Someone has died. Yeah, it's interesting because in the beginning, when she gets um, handcuffed and she's in the car, I guess it is a car or truck or whatever, in the, like the to go to jail or whatever, she's like hanging. What the f? And then yeah. like, and then now she got swept she's still, up. Like swept. Yeah, up. she swept yeah. up into like all this like media you know stuff and just like you know and fans and all this other things and some guy said that they would kill themselves if she got she was found guilty or some crap like that and then now like that reality has come back and yeah and now she's like i yeah i don't want to be hung (laughs) let's get back to brass this is where i feel like we see richard Gere's character for the first time, is very genuine. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was like, I'm scared. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to you as a person. And he's like, honestly, don't be. The whole world is show business. Let me show you what I can do. Yeah. And we get yeah. into the song Razzle Dazzle, which is the most disgusting song in the movie. Yeah. but like- I'm so put off by it. I, I think I it's it. disgusting in the concept, yeah. but, like, in, in the truth of it, like, in the accuracy of it. Oh, it's great. But yeah. as a musical piece, and, like, it's so well oh, done. Oh, yeah, it's I phenomenal. Think. Like, it's a yeah, great... The, the, yeah. Like, I think the concept of it is oh, disgusting, yeah, no. and the yeah, fact that it's, room, like, how three ring it's so true that it hurts. represented. Yes. Yeah. And also, I also love those, like, a three ring circus, because, like, I mean, like, yes, that's just, like, a saying, but also, like, the three branches of the government, like, the whole, like, just... Hot nerd! Like... Anyway. Nice one, Celeste. Yeah, like, the, the whole, like, razzle-dazzle scene and really showing, like, how, like, He's like, yeah, like, he's like, quite honestly, I can manipulate anybody, any court, any jury, any judge to think and feel and believe and say exactly what I want, because all yeah. of this is just a show. Yeah. yeah. but I, And it's just like, okay. I mean, but is he wrong? Like. He's not, though. Like, yeah. <laughs> and that's what makes it. What that's I what makes it, it sad. What I love about this song, though, it's when uh, Amos is on the stage and uh, he's like. Asking is like, did you ever ask if you were the father? Even though they had a prior conversation. Yeah. And then he says, I'm getting confused. And in that scene, you see one of the dancers from the song immediately right behind him. So at yes. that point, you know Billy has him where yeah. he wants him. Yeah. So the use he of that like, dancer of the... like literally around his neck mm, yeah. is like a, a snake trapping its prey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is why Amos is a simp. <laughs> and um, then Roxy takes the stand. Yes, so we get into Roxy and Billy's like back and forth when she's on the stand, and while I counsel I respect, is leading the witness, 
I respect the picture they're painting. <laughs> it's so like I and I understand like why it's acted this way. Like it's so scripted that it hurts. And I love that like it's done that way though because it's like yes, like this is very rehearsed. This is a story they're telling. Like it's not the truth. It is a story that they have. Uh, imagined and crafted together and are telling that story and the jury is eating it up like billy literally says can you tell the audience i mean the jury yes yeah it's like 40 and slip much yeah yeah and she's like when she faints she's like what a bullseye huh and then we mm-hmm. see mama and um velma yeah. listening to it on the radio mm-hmm. yes which i don't know celeste which i talked to raven about this before but in the DVD version of the movie, there's another song at this point called Class, mm-hmm. sung by Mama and Velma Kelly. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, which is, it's at this point where they're listening to the radio, and the song is very much uh, like Velma Kelly's character. Vel- Velma Kelly's like, whatever happened to fair dealings, everyone now is a pain in the ass, whatever happened to Class. And Mama's like, whatever happened to please and thank you? Mm. Everyone's a snake in the grass. And they feel so betrayed and hurt because Roxy's like getting out. And it's like working well for her. But one of them killed two people. And the other one is very corrupt. Yes. And they're like, <laughs> so how are yeah. you? They're like, whatever happened to treating people like with the respect they deserve? Everyone's garbage. Yeah. We're we're above that and i was like no you're not yeah everyone's on their high <laughs> yeah. horse when they're slided so yeah it's like so there's actually... no gentlemen's and ladies just pigs and whores Ooh, is a line in the song wow and a lot of a lot of the lyrics in the song i think is why it wasn't like put in the movie movie just the dvd yeah. Well, I actually, I actually read that. Um, so one of the reasons, maybe yeah, like that might be part of like one of the reasons it was cut was because, um, so like in the original stage version, um, all of the musical, um, all the musical numbers were staged as like vaudeville acts, which they really mm-hmm. tried to like respect and and oh, kind and of this follow. one wouldn't have been. Yes. Um, and like in the movie, uh, they tried to kind of still achieve that by making them all like cutaway scenes, um, either in like Roxy's mind or kind of just like demonstrating, uh, the, the feelings and, uh, like acts of the characters as a cutaway scene. That's still a stage number. Um, but the actual like real life, what is happening in the scene was still just like like a separate thing and, and that's yeah. that was one of the reasons why they cut that this particular number because it wouldn't have been that and it would have kind of broken that mirage mm-hmm. and i will say though that queen latifah's and Catherine zaya jones is harmonies beautiful oh now i need to it's go back because they're just it. like drinking smoking back to back and they're just like reminiscing of like a more morality centered time <laughs> Um, which is pretty funny and then one of them's like criminals they're like talking about the news and they're like all you all you read about now is rape and theft whatever happened to class and i'm like you literally (laughs) killed people also when was the newspaper not about rape and theft true you right i don't know but yeah yeah um 
but yeah so then then we get into after that scene we see uh, a tap dance mama oh, oh yeah gosh, yes. tap dance is really we see oh we no see no well, mama yeah, sorry, give, i'm jumping ahead yeah yeah we see mama give velma um what roxy's diary which, which i'm like velma, oh hell yeah be petty which then we see velma get called to the witness stand by the prosecutor who then produces said diary um and basically like has this whole thing about oh yeah i killed him dude's not the father like basically exposing exposing Roxy. exposing roxy's whole charade and everything charade. um i hate you um and then we get into a tap dance by billy flynn which is not a, it's not an actual like, song, but it is, I love, love, love this scene. Because one, it's just it's so... It's telling a story through movement. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's so impressive. Like the, the timing of his, of the, the music with his dance, with his... Um, yeah, the choreography. Breakdown of Velma and like everything and on... writing. Great. It is so, so well choreographed. And to the point, like, I, I kind of felt myself, like, kind of being drawn into it and just being like, holy crap, yeah. like, this dude is actually doing this. And, like, the fact that he kind of, like, thought of that, like, like in the story, like, thought of that, like, on the spot, it's just like, I know, I know how I'm going to get around this. Like, I know how I'm going to yeah. fix this, you know? The word erroneous. She was, he was like, she doesn't know what that means. Yeah. Which, like, <laughs> which, like, yeah. And... I, I think like the entire way that that which it was scene, <laughs> yeah it was fake and the entire way that that scene is crafted is just like it really showed not only obviously we already know at this point that he's a corrupt defense attorney and everything it not only solidifies that but also just like how truly genius he is at what he does and why he has never um, lost a case for a female client yeah cheers cheers Drink number four. Three. Drink number four. For Celeste, it's three. For us drinking professionals, <laughs> it is number four. We, we need a booze up before our concert for oh, Celeste. Celeste, you were in for, I hesitate to say a treat, because this is going to be bad. <laughs> yeah. Okay, wait. Um, Where were we? I don't know. Okay, so, so, no, okay, so here's the point we're at. So they find out, so... The diary is a hoax. Yes. Things were written in. Through it wasn't Roxy. a truly impressive display of lawyering. Yes. Yeah. It was a hoax. So then we see the newspapers. There's like the jury comes back and there's two newspaper mm-hmm. sets set up. Guilty and innocent. She is found innocent. And immediately after, she is old news. Another woman yes. kills someone. Yeah. Yeah. Like outside the Immediately. Yeah. 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 She is Which, old like, also, news. I think the thing with the newspapers, I think that's also just another like little display or like little nod to like, hey, the media's not real. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they had both stories ready to go. Yeah, and it it sh- and also like and this is the same thing that happens at like Super Bowl during the Super Bowl. They print two sets of like t-shirts oh, and yeah. merch and stuff like that yeah. for like shirts both of hats, the team, everything. everything for like both of the teams and then yeah. whoever wins you know obviously it sells for more and whoever doesn't win then it goes into it goes into other stuff of like you know it going to third yeah. world countries and all that other it goes stuff. like charities yeah. and like yeah 
and things like that so like people in like i remember when i found that out i was just like yeah (laughs) and like that's crazy like no one really cares about in any realm about like who wins and who loses or anything like that it's truly just about the money it's all just about entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's all just about, like, how many ratings and views and how much stuff you can sell. Because, like, the only reason they do that is because, like, to be the first person on the scene getting the most profit from people buying your stuff means, like, you have to have it ready to go. And the only way, like, you can't see the future. So the only way to have it ready to go is just, like, screw it. We'll just print it up for both. Yeah. And it's just, like, it's, it's, I think it's so interesting that there's just such a, it's such a well-known thing and it's just like yeah this is just the way of the world yeah. this is just how it is it's also interesting yeah. how that's evolved into social media or evolved into social media because now like people are putting out all these articles and like they have to be the first person to put it out and it's all yes. clickbait and it's all like this person said this or whatever and then you're like but none of this is true and then it's like oh like maybe we'll do a retraction maybe we won't it's very much about like sensationalizing a story instead of actually putting out correct information yeah yeah quality content like Yeah. yeah and then that also goes to like why like yeah like the media can be like incredibly misleading and um a lot of times, like, they'll, they'll just, like, print things before getting all the facts. So it's just like, yeah, like, you get, like, two of the facts. And you're just like, okay, well, I need to be the first person to say it. So yeah. I'm just going to put, like, the information I have. And it's like, okay, but if you had waited, like, a day, like, you would have gotten so much Literally, <laughs> I talk louder. I am right. Yeah. Yes. I am heard. Mm-hmm. Which, like, it's insane how much that plays into, like, everything about our culture like what people believe Especially politics currently like, that's yes. what it is yeah it's it's so so relevant i think the way i think that's one of the reasons why like watching this movie right now like obviously i've seen chicago before it's one of my favorite musicals um but i think watching it at this particular time with everything going on in society and where we are as a culture i think was one of the reasons why I picked up on so many of these things more because it's just so relevant and so poignant and the fact that it is that relevant and that accurate again Campbell like you said a hundred years later (laughs) it it makes me so sad on the inside (laughs) just like like but again it's like yeah there's nothing new under the sun like society truly has not progressed like human humanity has not progressed like yeah. really at all yeah. as a species yeah I would also say society as well I feel like that's hand in hand I do think like yeah, yeah like obviously like technology and all that other stuff has definitely changed but but we're still as just like excited about sensationalism yes oh yeah yes. for sure it's just in a different medium yeah yeah so I mean I think a lot of that will not change at all but like I feel like many people have said before, especially at this time, for anything to change, it has to be completely obliterated and broken down and start yeah. anew. So abolished. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah. So that brings us to the point where Roxy's like, "Ain't anyone gonna take my picture?" And everyone leaves the courtroom. There's like the mm-hmm. next hot story next, yeah. and Amos is still the there. The simp is still yeah. there. But I, I would I like to think that this is the point where he truly accepts like there is no like I cannot do this because because yeah. he's just sitting there like oh hey like 
what about our baby? Like, what about us? And she's just like, you actually believed that? Like, what? No, there's no baby, you idiot. Like, yeah. why is no one here? Why is no one taking my picture? And you can see the, like, you can see the change in his demeanor when he's just like, okay, so all of this was, like, I knew you were not a great person. I knew you, like, didn't really care about me that much, but, like, all of this meant nothing to you. Like, all of yeah. this didn't change anything about you. Like, you are, like, and I feel like his eyes, I like to think that his eyes were finally, like, open to, like, this is the same person you are. There's nothing I can do to change that, and I can't be with you. And then he yeah. Yeah. does leave her, and it's just, like, thank God, because you should have done that day one. <laughs> yeah, I do think Amos is obviously the type that will stick around for a child. And I think that, and I think yes. that is very much the reason why he still came back. Because he was like, I have a child with He's this loyal. person. Yeah. And so I'm pretty sure he would even be like, you know, I would like to think also Amos would be the type that was like, you know, I'm not going to treat you the way I was treated as a child. Like he would cherish yeah. this child very much. But because she lied and because like there is no child, he has the opportunity to be like, I need to change or something needs to change. And I guess I'll start with me. And so, yeah, I agree, Raymond. And th- Raymond. <laughs> Raven, in this point, <laughs> I don't know. I yeah, think every, I... <laughs> everybody loves him. <laughs> I, think, I think I put like Amos and like Raven together. But um, yeah. you're good. You're and good. Boxy, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think in this instance is really um, taking Amos out of his simphood and bringing yeah. him into this um yeah. this new life and yeah yeah i agree and then um after that because we see now roxy is out because she's no longer relevant so now she's like okay well i'm innocent i'm free i'm good to go now i want to try to start my life in showbiz and so we see her um performing nowadays which starts off as like once again a fantasy in her head where yeah. she's like nowadays performing this like yeah this kind of like ragtimey slow song um and then can it can be with of, harry and mess around with ike and mess around with ike which is just like girl like, this is literally what got you here in the first and, place but it's but- like the difference in performance in her head and then we see it on her stage like when yeah. she's auditioning yeah. very different. And, it's and her head very, very different. well polished yeah yes she it is a polished the act. Vision. It is good. It is choreographed. Like it is but well done. But our experience done. isn't there. Yes. Wait. Did we? Did we cheers this drink yet? Oh no! Cheers. Drink number okay. five. Cheers for drink listeners. Uh, it's going. It's going to be edited a lot, so we're not drinking that many drinks in a row. There's like hours worth of edited content out. <laughs> Because we don't know how to hold a conversation. Oh, yeah. Wait, no. Yeah. Have we talked at all about the movie since the last drink? Not really. So. Because there might not be, there might be like five minutes of content between drink four and drink five. Yeah. For it's, it's been a lot of time in between. Um, and so she's like auditioning and stuff. And then at the end of it, um, they're like, oh, no, I, I don't really care about you. She's like, you know, old news, whatever. Isn't that the girl who murdered someone? Haven't they all? Yeah. 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 And then the pianist uh like gives her music back and then I think honestly for one of the first genuine times she's like thank you. Uh, yeah. She was knocked down a peg. 
Yeah, and yeah. I feel like she said thank you before in the movie, but like not in a genuine sense. She was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, thank you." Mm-hmm. Yeah. To someone who's like seeing her trying. Yeah. Which I think is really important. Who is also Tay Diggs? Who is also Tay Diggs? Who I love. Yes. Yeah, we've. Yes. A young Tay Diggs. Yes. A young, a two thousand two Tay Diggs. Yes. Anyway, we're yeah, all so on then, the same page. <laughs> so then we see Velma come in oh. and say, "Like, hey, you're actually kind of talented." Yeah, she was like, like, "Oh, wait, you're like actually good." It's not. I I didn't take it as her sucking up because she needs her. No. She was like, "Oh, yeah. wait, no, you're ta- you're a talented person." Yeah, like this whole time I thought you were just like thought manipulating things and like yeah, you know, but like no, like you actually kind of do have some of the ta- like the talent to to do this like live your dream you just can't quite get there yeah yeah, yeah. i i well okay i think that her intent was to go there to grovel again to be totally yeah. honest cuz she, yeah. she was already totally. there and so so yeah i think her intent like she was, knew she was to auditioning, grovel apparently yeah but i don't think she really believed in her talent until she actually saw it and was like yeah. okay yes. yeah for sure like, like let's really do this thing like in the prison when she was like i can't do this alone she was like you have the publicity this is why i need you and then yeah. after yes. they're both free there was like oh you're talented that's why i need you yeah yeah and then um so after a little bit convincing, a little bit back and forth, we see Velma like convinces Velma's like ripped clothes. Yeah. Yes, but like the little yeah, yeah. it's like the it's very obvious like yeah, and she like, is also Roxy is like, why would I do this? I hate you. And Velma's yeah. like, this is the only industry where that doesn't matter. And Rox is like, yeah. what? She's like you the right? she's like the kombucha girl. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. Wait. Yep. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so then they decide to like do a show together and we see them once again being introduced. Question for you. In this time, do you think it's in their head or are they actually at the Chicago theater? I think they're actually there. I do too, because it's the first time you see the outside of the theater instead of just the inside of their minds. Yes. And it's the first time you see Roxy legitimately performing to an audience. Yes. Oh, yes. That's a very good point. Like, legitimately, yeah. in the entire movie is the first time she performs to an audience. Yeah. yeah. So, that was pretty good. It was, like, nowadays, again, like, a reprise, kind of, not really. And then, like, the dancing part, uh, Hot Honey Rag is what mm-hmm. the song's called. Um, and then you see, like, Billy, Mama, uh, different jurors and other, like, acquitted murderesses are in the audience. Yeah. Yes. And I like I feel like a lot of the moves that they like dance are the ones from I can't do this alone. Yes. They yeah. Are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I kind of liked because it kind of like incorporated like cuz now the reprise nowadays was obviously um Roxy's song, but then they kind of incorporated both of their acts and like also the lyrics uh not necessarily the lyrics but like the some of the sh- like song itself was like changed a little bit between when Roxy performed it and when she performed it with Velma. So, like there was obviously a collaboration between them. Where, like they really like brought their talents together and like mm-hmm. made it a real thing. Yeah, and they were um, yeah. So I really, really like good. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like, I I really like how like the entire show was like it was very ostentatious. It was very over the top. Yeah, and it really like put them back as America's sweethearts, 
which is both like promising and heartwarming and disturbing because these are murderers. Yeah. <laughs> which they flaunted <laughs> with flaunted the, to with get publicity. To- with the Tommy guns on the lights. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which was yes. great. Yeah. 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 And I, I just think it's very interesting. Like, it's like, oh, like, they're once again America's sweethearts and they're once again, like, super popular and celebrities and all that stuff. It's like, but these are also two women who they, straight up murdered They people. literally said, we couldn't have done it without you to the audience, to the jurors, to Billy, yes. to Mama, mm-hmm. to Chicago for not, like, they were entertainment for people. If no one yes. cared about them... They wouldn't have gotten away with it. They, they couldn't be the it. place they were at without them. They would them. have been Catalan. Yes, they would have. If no one cared about them, because no one cared about Catalan. No, because she didn't have a voice that they heard. Yeah. Yeah. Also, but I do like that this is a good ending because yeah. it allows women to murder and still survive just like men. So, True, which they do. Yeah, so, <laughs> so yeah, I like that it gives this kind of platform. Granted, like, you know, you shouldn't go and, like, murder people. That's not nice. Yeah, but... <laughs> Say, listeners, listeners, <laughs> if you exist, don't murder people. Yeah. <laughs> the more but you also know, th- don't yeah. kill. <laughs> yeah, so, but I do think that it allows, like, women to be as shitty as, like, men are portrayed. But, and yeah. not, like, and succeed in that and not be, like, oh, like, we need to be harder on women because, like, they are women and they're supposed yeah. to be, quote, unquote, better. Yeah, it's, like, like they, these women don't have to be better people. They're just people. Yeah. Yes. So, so I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Also. Which like, brings us to the end of the movie, which we get to one of the credits amazing one of the credit songs that was in the movie i move on yeah which is the end song which is the end like while like the credits are rolling and that's like velma and roxy singing and it's basically we can't stay put we just move on like whatever like throws on us like we know we're gonna make it because we're just gonna move on which i felt wasn't necessarily just talking about velma and roxy but also just the state of chicago yeah. How they're always moving on to the next murder, the next story, yeah. mm-hmm. the next thing they saw as entertainment. And it was just vocalized in the credits song by Velma yeah. Roxy. Yeah. yeah. Also my least favorite song of the entire... It was fine. I can see... Yeah, I can see that. Um, so just as a recap, uh, John Kander is a composer, Fred Ebb is a musical theater lyricist. Um, both of them, like, they work extensively together. Pretty much the majority of their major works together, or the majority of their major works have been together. Um, they have won an insane number of awards and are incredibly, mm-hmm. incredibly talented and deserve every accolade they've ever gotten. Um, what I really want to talk about for this one, the score was by Danny Elfman. Yes! Um, I think is amazing and we definitely need to talk about so danny elfman is incredibly talented incredibly accomplished he's a composer singer songwriter record producer actor and voice actor um and he actually got his start as the singer songwriter for the band oingo boingo back in i think the 80s um and the reason he actually got into 
film scoring was because Tim Burton and um, Paul Rubin were fans of Oingo Boingo. And so when they were working on Pee-wee's Big Adventure, they approached Danny Elfman to be like, hey, would you be interested in like scoring this, like writing the music for this and everything? And Danny Elfman was just like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Because he, he was just like, I have never written a score for a film before. Like I've never done anything this big before. Um, but he ended up doing it and after that just got like really into film scoring and he talked about how like he talked a lot about how the first time hearing his music played by like a full orchestra was just like so like moving and inspired from him and so like he's got really into film scoring and kind of followed that and he has now done so many film like tv and like stage works like literally if you go on wikipedia so there's an article about danny elfman there's a separate article for his discography and then there's a completely separate article for like a full list of his compositions like the the volume of his work and his contribution to the musical field and the musical theater field is so vast they have to give it its own like sections so like just f- for a few, he has scored Beetlejuice, Edward Scissorhands, yeah. The Nightmare Before Christmas. Which he Mission was the si- wasn't he the singing voice for Jack Skeleton? And I think so. Nightmare Before Christmas. I think he was. Yeah. Um, yeah, because he's worked extensively with Tim Burton. Like their yeah. relationship started with Pee Wee's Big Adventure and like has uh, not stopped. I since. love Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, I watched it twice actually, a year, Halloween and Christmas. He actually was considered to score. I think it was. Um, Sweeney Todd, like Tim Burton oh, that considered, would make like sense. yeah, Tim Burton considered like calling him again because he was like, I work with you a lot. But then because Jonathan Tunick had also orchestrated pretty much all of the previous versions of Sweeney Todd, like Jonathan Tunick was called instead. But like yeah. a lot of people thought it would be Danny Elfman. But anyway, yeah. So Nightmare Before Christmas, Mission Impossible, Men in Black, Flubber, Goodwill Hunting, the Spider Man trilogy, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and like that's just to name a few. Like there's tons like the yeah. list goes like all the way from the 1980s through current day like it's there's really tons be and tons with and tons spider-man trilogy i like it's fine well let's not get into <laughs> this uh toby mcguire did fine anyway that's just film he has also done like vast tv works stage productions and concert hall productions like wow. dude is accomplished and of course, obviously, he has won tons and tons of awards for his compositions, his um, film scoring and everything. And to go from like, hey, like, I just write like songs for this band to I have scored most major film productions that like the millennial generation has enjoyed, like, yeah. <laughs> is like just such a major glow up. But yeah, I love him. It's amazing. So. Yeah. So, in conclusion about Chicago, I think we can all agree, Tay Diggs. Yes. <laughs> yes. Tay Diggs, Queen Latifah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. now, Raven and I um, are going to go get our instruments ready, and we will play, for Celeste and Celeste only, a rendition of Funny Honey. Let's just stop. Let's stop. Because I... (laughs) 
<laughs> it was going well for a little bit. Okay, but then that row of triplets hit and it stopped going well. Wait, the, the row of triplets or the eighth notes at measure 10? Are you talking about 10 or 12? I'm talking, well, more about 11, but 11 and 12, yes. 11. Because because there's a combination of triplets in general, I'm okay with. Yeah, you're doing, it's a combination. Note, you're doing chord note triplets, triplets while and I'm just doing And eighth note notes. triplets. Like, it's chord note triplets and so eighth like, note triplets together. Yeah, which like just completely tripped me up, and yeah. I did not play it correctly. Um, so we had to stop because. <laughs> Do you want to start at uh, measure thirteen? Uh, 10, 11, 12. Oh yes, just I can probably it. play that. <laughs> yeah, let's just skip. That's what I do in and remember when I can't like play something. Swing. So when it's not triplets, you gotta swing it. Are you? Are you trying to tell me how to play swing music? Yes, because you play the sir, violin. I've played, I have played Van Morrison before. Do not act like just because you were in jazz band that you're better than me. Yo, the music nerds are fighting. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so we're going to start at measure 13. Okay. One, two, one, two, three, four. Wait. <laughs> I couldn't get those low notes out. Uh, so I, I noticed. <laughs> um, you want to start at measure 21? Because that's where you stopped? Yes. Yeah, okay, I heard it. Yeah, because also you couldn't play the past four measures, so I'm trying to do your okay. favor. <laughs> Don't act like thing. it was just me not being able to play it. Uh, first of all, I hit every single note. Maybe not on the time that I was supposed to. You did to. it, though. <laughs> Those I did. No, you did not. Because measure 18, you didn't play all those notes. And measure 19, measure 18. you didn't play all those notes. Oh my god, do not. No, I hit. I played every single no, note. No, because you forgot the uh No, I didn't. Which one? Which, one? Which one did I forget? Which one did I forget? None of them. <laughs> at the end of measure 20, you didn't play the second D sharp. You really trying to come at me for my intonation? Is that really what's happening it's right now? It's not intonation. It's being right or wrong. Y'all, the music nerds are fighting. Oh my god, get me off okay. here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> Let's play measure. That's the note he has to play that he couldn't play, and that's why he has to stop. <laughs> Fine, measure 21. <laughs> also, I played that D, but anyway. One, two, one, two, three, four. We got through it. We did it poorly, but we did it. I mean, you get an A for effort. <laughs> Thank you, Celeste. You're welcome. So, y'all, um, that's Chicago. We want to thank Celeste for joining us. Celeste, yes. is there anything you would like to promote? Um, I... Also have a podcast. Oh, let me like Thank you. Yeah. I also have a podcast. It's called The Slight Sarcasm Podcast and it's with me, 
and my co-host Amber and we be talking about adulting shit and how much it sucks. Granted, True. yeah, granted, um, we might have more podcast episodes by the time y'all listen to this, so hopefully, because <laughs> yeah. we're at like three. <laughs> That's the plan. That's yeah. The <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you can find us on all podcast mediums, um, and it's a good time. It's not as fun. We don't get drunk and play musical instruments. But, um, and go, well, we do go on tangents, so if you like a good tangent, I mean, we do do that, and, um, <laughs> and we just be talking about working and life and just balancing all that stuff as young millennials, and it's a good time, so. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And Campbell is going to be a guest co-host. Yes. On our next episode, which will be super Fuck fun. Fuck it up. And I would love yeah. to have Raven as a guest co-host. I don't know Aww. when the timing of Thank these you. will go out. My podcast will most likely go up before yours. That's no One hundred percent. That it's is very a fact. Also, by the time you listen to this episode, you will have already heard Campbell on Celeste's podcast. Probably. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. So but, yeah. yeah, check out Celeste Amber's podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for joining yeah. us. No problem. Yes, thank you, Celeste. This has been amazing. Yeah, uh, Thanks. Oh, I've had a good time. Really yeah, good. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out next yes. week. Bye. 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 Bye.